It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey everybody, welcome back. It's another edition of the Ears Up podcast for the Disney fan in you, or the Disney fan next to you. I don't know who you know who you are, what kind of issues you have, but uh, you know, there's a Disney fan somewhere around you at any given moment. This is for them. That's and definitely true. That's definitely true. And and I want to thank you for for allowing you, us to be the conduit to make friends with. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, it's, uh, okay. had a long, look, we've had a long day today, Taryn, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were out doing wedding things all weekend, and it's just... Uh, but this is exciting, because we're recording on a weekend, which we never do, so I think we all have a little bit more energy than usual. And during the day, which yeah. we also never do. Right. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But, uh, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just in case you're wondering, uh, there is no live stream for this show. There's no video. Um, our live stream computer is down, and uh, Beverly is not here as well. So uh, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, we're running a little light, uh, you know. So anyway. We'll be okay, though. We'll be fine. Yeah. Well, we can do it without Beverly. Who needs her? Yeah. Right. Wait, no, wait, what? Wait, uh, we need her. Yeah. Well, whatever. I need her. She supports me. She does support you. <laughs> and uh, she does a good job at it, too. So we're we're always stoked when Bev can come in, but uh, today she couldn't. So whatever. That's fine. We're here. Uh, Taryn is here. Terrence is here, and uh, I'm here, obviously. Uh, Jason, and our show today is all about the history of uh, New Orleans Square. And before the show, I'm like, okay, Terrence, so you're doing the history of Tomorrow Frontier Fantasy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just gave up. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but it's the history of New Orleans Square. Yeah. It's actually one of – it's Terrence and I were just talking about it right before we started. Um, it's been one of my favorite places in the park, and there's – not a whole lot there, but it's just one of the, I don't know, the most fascinating places to just hang out. I, I'm drawn to it. I like it. I, yeah. It's it's probably my favorite land. I really do enjoy it a lot. See? Yeah. That's well saying as well. I think I it really, really is. Uh, yeah, it's, but it, it's so funny because there's, there's really not a whole lot there. But, yeah, it totally is. I yeah. think a lot of people's favorite. Well, I think one of the things that helps is that it has, uh, well, we can get into it, but there's, yeah. not, there's not a lot of long lines. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll. Oh, that's a good point. We'll definitely jump into that in yeah. in a sec. Uh, but first, the most important part of the show is uh, where you can listen to us, uh, which seems irrelevant since you clearly already are. But uh, <laughs> you know, if you don't want to use iTunes, which is kind of everyone's default, whatever. Uh, there's TuneIn Radio, there's Stitcher, uh, you know, wherever greater podcasts are learned it about. Um, <laughs> if you know of another platform that we're not on that you like to know about, and uh, maybe you heard of, uh, heard about us through a, a friend, or you're on our website or whatever, downloading these shows, let us know, and we'll do, we'll do our best to get on that platform. You know, there's all sorts of podcast aggregates and apps and all that kind of nonsense. Uh, we're also on uh, social networks. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, all that, all those kind of fun places. We post some stuff uh, here and there. Uh, send uh, feedback if you have feedback uh, about the show or anything you want us to know about uh, about fun things. Uh, that goes to Taren T A R E N at earsup podcast dot com. Any compliments uh, for whatever reason? If you like uh, the color of your uh, you know your best friend's earrings, uh, you know that goes to Terrence, please. Yeah, uh, yeah, please. Yeah, anything else comes to me, Jason. 
Uh, don't forget to check out the blog. Uh, we we have some cool Disneyland stuff that we don't necessarily go over in each show. Uh, you know, uh, we've been a little light. Uh, we've been a little lax on the blog stuff. We have a couple things uh, coming. We have a couple things in the works. Um, but you know, the blog is also cool because you get kind of a rundown of each show. I try to I try to do a, a real light synopsis of each show uh, as it's posted and uh, try to do a photo as well. And sometimes when we talk about cool photos. Um, uh, you know, I, I put them up there, like the Jabba the, the Hut tree mm-hmm. uh, in Disneyland, and all that kind of stuff. Um, our our friend uh, our friend Mark Starkey sent us uh, a, a photo. I should send it. I should show it to you, Turn. It's pretty cool. It's a photo. <laughs> so uh, we have a buddy who who was working on the um, on the those new animated windows in the uh, in Disneyland on Main Street, mm-hmm. and so he sent us a photo of uh, of them animating it. Oh wow! And like sitting in front of it and uh, uh, whatever. And uh, but I'm like, can I post that? He goes, no. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's painful. It's it is painful because you know when we were just not a Disney podcast, we would get cool stuff and and cool photos and whatever. And it was just it was just for us. And it's he wants to share because he's a big geek too. Right. And uh, and like us, he's more Disneyland instead of Disney franchise. Yes. You know. And, uh, uh, but now whenever he sends, I go, could I post that? He goes, no, I can't, you, you can't, <laughs> uh, because it's just, this is the nature of the beast. So oh, we don't want to get him fired. We don't want to get him fired. No. So, uh, <laughs> we yeah. drain him dry. Everything yeah, we I need. know. Ring him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, on the, on the, uh, on the website there, you'll find some cool stuff like that. We did get some, uh, some, uh, sneak previews of club 33 and, uh, from other people and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, every once in a while we'll get that. That fun info, but uh, you know, for the most part, it's where the shows go. It's where the uh, the the synopsis go. Anyway, uh, while you're on the website, you can uh, support us via our Amazon link, which I think is broken now, but I need to fix that. Uh, but mainly, we get support from reoccurring donations. Uh, people throw five bucks a month. People throw twenty bucks a month mm-hmm. and higher. It's it's actually really amazing, and, and it helps keep us on the air. Uh, this is definitely a labor of love. Uh, but if you don't want to do a reoccurring donation, uh, if you want to do, uh, you know, uh, like say a buck a show, you know, if you have a buck and you listen to a show, throw a buck at us. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, also we're doing this uh, this thing with recurring donate donors um, mm-hmm. where we're asking them if they want to say something on air or if they want us to say something on air for them or kind of anything they want yes. to talk about. And, yes. and we actually have a recurring donor that we are waiting on their – they're, uh... Yes, Sean. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Yeah, we're talking about you. Talking about you, Ryan. You know, n- don't even mind. Never mind your dad. So, you know, we happen to know Sean and Ryan. They're they're close personal friends, and uh, and Sean emails us because we call him out on the last show, but not by name. And he <laughs> yeah. goes, "Did you just call us out on the last episode of Years Up?" I go, "Yes, I did," because you get a donor perk and you're yeah. not using it. And I'm sure yeah. Ryan doesn't even know about it. Poor Ryan. <laughs> Probably. I think not. just had a birthday recently oh well happy birthday Ryan. happy birthday to the boy oh nice yeah ryan's a good kid i haven't met him yet oh he's, he's a good kid man yeah. he's yeah. real nice nothing like his dad um <laughs> <laughs> feedback taryn all right so feedback today um i'm kind of excited to hear what you guys have to think about this one um what you have to think about it? or what you have to say i guess yeah i guess you should probably say it not just think it can you hear me thinking <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't uh, hear it. Hey, Terrence, <laughs> what do you have to think about? Uh, okay. Uh, you know, Dutch ovens aren't they great to cook in? Wait, hold on. Let Look. me let me think to you. Okay. <laughs> ha! Good one. That's a good think. Okay, guess, Terrence. Go ahead. <laughs> My name is Angie, and I'm an avid listener. No, you're Terrence. Oh, this is the feedback. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. My name is Angie, 
and I'm an avid listener. I was wondering if you had any tips for taking a 13-year-old girl to Disneyland. I go frequently with friends, but next year I'm taking my niece for her birthday. The last time she was there, she was two and a half. Do you have any suggestions for things to wow. do or avoid for going with a slightly moody, non-ultra girly <laughs> teenage niece? Wait, slightly, slightly moody, slightly moody girl. Does that exist? Yeah, I don't think so. It's a juxtaposition that yeah. I've never seen in the wild. There's, there's more. Um, oh. I also almost uh, always go in off season, but she wants to go for her birthday in the summer. <laughs> Which do you guys think would be a better time for less crowds? Spring break or mid June? Shudders. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she writes shudders. Uh, uh, thank you for your input and your humor and for helping me get my weekly Disney fix. Oh. Uh, keep up the great work. Angie, Angie. right? Yeah. Angie. Uh, Angie, thank you. That's a sweet uh, note. I would say C, none of the above. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about this, and I think yes. mid-June is probably better because spring break is, is two weeks long. At least summer is three months. So you're going to, I think, get a little bit less crowd in yes. June. You're, okay. The weather is going to be real hot, though. Okay. I would, I would say the opposite. I would say really? spring break because um, – even if you have spring break where you have a certain amount of kids there, uh, it's kind of a set amount. Not everybody gets off on the same time of spring break as everybody else. In summer, it's just a free-for-all. So you could have unlimited, you'd have 30 schools in the area going to Disneyland at once because everyone wants to go right after school. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe spring break might be better. I, I, I don't know. I've, I haven't been for either, so I honestly don't know. I still say June, and the reason why I say that is because spring break is a big to-do to go to Disneyland. And so mm-hmm. you have... You will have half of the schools out one week, half the schools out the other week, mm-hmm. and they have that one week to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, over the course of summer, you have three months to fit it in. Get yeah. on that microphone. How long have you been doing radios? Get on that microphone. Sorry. There also, I just thought of something else, that mid-June is when a lot of graduations are. Yeah. Right, so that right. actually could be a better, a good time if you're going to go in the summer. Yeah, because like early June I'll... maybe, not mid-June. Well, it sounds like she needs to wait for her graduation. Uh, What? No. She's in school. So oh. she has to wait for her for her for her to, to get graduate. out of school. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, honestly, it probably comes down to more of just temperature. You know, it, in June it's going to be real hot. In April it may not be that hot, but it might be muggy. So I would just I would still go April over June, no mm. matter what. Even if there were more crowds in April, yeah. I like to be much more comfortable. Okay. But but it's also it's also Anaheim. It's just hot all the time. So I would say I would still say mid June. Yeah, but there is a difference. Yeah, there's a difference between April hot and June hot. Yeah. Well, either way, sorry. <laughs> Sorry for what? It's just not going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> and then also, I mean, especially yeah. if she's used to going in off times and she goes often, she's yeah. not going to love it. But yeah. her well, niece will, and that's really that's what true. We're so about. so now, where should we have them go? Because didn't she ask for like yes. tips and places to go? I would, and she hasn't been in ten years or twelve years or right. something like that. Some insane and amount Angie's of time. And Angie's pretty familiar, so she like she knows this stuff. I feel, but yes. So I would. Go to First suggestion is to make the 13-year-old girl leave her cell phone in the hotel yeah. room. I'm not sure if you know any 13-year-old girls, but that's going to happen. I have nieces, but the reason why I say that is because if she hasn't been there for 10 years, she's a 13-year-old girl. You don't want to miss things because you're looking at a little 4 How is she going to Instagram? Screen. She doesn't need to. Yes, she does. She's 13. <sighs> you both have valid points. <laughs> So I think what you can do is you can you can have the talk with her and be like, look, you should leave your phone because that way you can really enjoy life, but you you can't force a 13 year old moody slightly moody girl to oh. to do anything. So if if the reason for having the <laughs> phone is so she can take pictures, put on well airplane mode if it's an iPhone, mm-hmm. where she's not going to be doing all the social 
interaction. Yeah, you know, but you can't you yeah. can't make well, her do that. But it's but it's not a punishment. It's actually for her. But it will for be her benefit. Right, right. Yeah, that's coming <laughs> from a thirty year old man. <laughs> Spoken that's, as a parent. Right. Yeah. This is for you're your right, own good. Right. And it, and yeah, you know, for calling me thirty, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, a child's <laughs> not gonna a child a teenager. Let's yeah. be honest, is not gonna look at that and go. Wow, this life lesson is really going to sink in. I really appreciate my my auntie, well, Auntie Angie, for uh, you know. Angie said only slightly girly, so maybe she really won't be. Yeah, she may not have that issue. So, but anyway. I mean, that is a good point. Something yeah, to think about. That's true. Um, so for, I have two really good suggestions. Okay, go for it. Go ahead. Sorry. No. Um, I think that you should first stop in one of the stores on Main Street and get some ears. Yes. Because that will make anybody who hasn't been there in a while feel excited about being there. Yes. And then go straight to Space Mountain. Start there because that's going to get okay. your adrenaline going. It's a totally teenage-type ride. It's fun. You know what you should do? What? Email Angie back because you have her email, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll give her a pair of cub ears. Okay. Let's do that. Cool. And we'll we'll donate a pair of cub ears to her niece and her first time back in 11 years. There we go. And then so definitely stop on Main Street, get some ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And go to go to the uh, uh, city hall and get a pin. Yes, because yeah. you're celebrating. It's, you haven't been for, in over yeah. ten years. Like, and come on, and it's your birthday. Yeah. And it's your. Oh, that's right. You get yeah. a birthday pin. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Sure. Tomorrow yeah. land that thing. Or here's even better. Get on the train. Mm. Get those two things. Yeah. Put your coveers on because you know you go to getcoveers.com. That's the best way thing to do. And then uh, get on the train. Take the train around to Tomorrowland. Yeah. And then get on Space Mountain. That's yeah. And then you've got two rides already. You got two rides already, then she can kind of see what's going on mm-hmm. uh, and kind of get psyched up about it. And, and so that way you're, you're kind of not thrown into it mm-hmm. and uh, you can kind of ease into the, you know, the, the pattern of what's going to happen for the day. Um, I would definitely, definitely do that. Um, you could go to, I don't know, Big Thunder. Yeah. The new Big oh, Thunder yeah. revamp is amazing. But and I would she probably wait wasn't, until like dusk to do that one. I, I'm not giving oh, her a just timeline, just things to do. And yeah. we don't have a... Amount of days they're going to be there? Uh, no, it doesn't say. Okay, because let's assume be, for two days. Two but. days? Okay, well, then there needs to be a good amount of DCA stuff. Oh, for sure. Well. So yeah. this, so yeah. so come on, guys. This is what I would do. I would do. I would do Big Thunder. I would do Space Mountain. I would do uh, Star Tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she's only kind of girly, uh, right. you know, everyone likes Star Star Wars to a certain extent. I would do Honda Mansion five hundred times because that's <laughs> that's different. Pirates, yeah. I mean, because she was too basically do everything. Yeah. But I would hit those. The I would go to ones, DCA. Yeah. I would do Little Mermaid. Because it doesn't matter okay. how yeah, not girly true. you are, you're gonna like Little Mermaid. Right. Yeah. I, I feel that. And way. it's gonna be a really short line. Uh, screaming. Toy Story. Toy Story. Toy Story. Midway Mania. World Big of time Color. For a couple times. For Toy yeah. Story. Go and hit a fast pass for World of Color. Actually, that should be like the first or second thing you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Radiator Springs Racers and then uh, Tower of Terror. Yeah. Sorry, you're gonna have a really jam packed. So day. basically, every major <laughs> attraction. Yeah. Do it. I mean, that, that's it. It's the truth. If you haven't been there yeah. for 10, 11 years, why not? And take the time and do everything. Yeah. And 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 honestly, Angie, you're gonna be running your butt off <laughs> to like go back and forth to all these rides, mm-hmm. and it's it, but it's gonna be worth it. Because because it's so different from – she probably doesn't even remember the last time she was there. Yeah. Uh, but you'll also be able to gauge if she's not having fun, if she's not digging, if she's being – if the moodiness is coming yeah. out. Yeah. You know, then maybe maybe you do something to, like, lighten her up a little bit, like like uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like that'll bring out uh, the I would avoid the parades and stuff because I don't yeah. think a 13-year-old is going to yeah. care about any of that kind of stuff. No. What about Fantasyland? 
Fantasyland, it it depends mm. on her personality, I think. Okay. If she's into Disney movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that, then yeah, I think trying to hit a couple of those while a parade's going on would be a great idea. Okay. Um, yeah, like but, maybe Snow White or something, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm, I'm on the fence with that as for well. For a teenager, yeah. I don't I don't I don't think Fantasyland is the way to go. When I was a teenager, I didn't care about anything in Fantasyland except for uh, the teacups and the Alice in Wonderland ride. Yeah. And that's just because I, I'm very fond of it. Gotta them. do teacups. They're iconic. They're, um, they're iconic. Iconic, yes. Iconic, yeah. But yeah, I mean, aside from those two, like, I didn't really end up going back to Fantasyland until I was in my early 20s. Yeah. All right. I just sort of, I didn't really care any, anymore. Oh, I agree. And I think, yeah. um, she'll, being 13, uh, she'll probably want to do all the bigger stuff as well. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, well, because now she can. She can do yeah, all the roller coaster stuff out. and whatever, man. And the thing is, if, if they're staying for, instead of one or two days, if it's three or four, yeah. then eventually the 13-year-old girl's going to know what she likes, and she'll start yeah, leading what's going on as well. For sure. Oh, Splash Mountain, too. Oh, yeah. Splash yeah. Mountain, June. Yeah. Um, Twice. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Oh, Twice. Indiana Jones. She hasn't seen that. Oh, yeah. That it, and and wait for the front for that for her because it, sit in the front. I ask the people to put you in the front. Yeah, because okay. I would love to go on that ride for the first time again. In the front. Oh, I just every time I go, I make sure I sit in the front and I'm the driver. Yeah. And I always make some stupid crack like, oh, sorry, just got my license. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, really you have to. Yeah, I know. Come on. Yeah. Man. You gotta cheese it up. All um. Day. So I, it might be easier to say what to avoid. Yeah. Jungle Cruise. Yeah, she does. Tarzan's like Treehouse. Oh, yeah. I'm just kind of going yeah, no, like counterclockwise, not. right? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So Tarzan. Um, Dumbo, Storybook. Yeah. Uh, Carousel. Small yes. world. Do not go on that ride with a 13 year old. Yeah, she's girl. not going to yeah, care. You can Nobody's pro- going to care. You can probably even skip Toontown. I yeah, would, yeah, I think you can skip all of Toontown. Um, all, yeah, definitely skip Storybook. I mean, it's cool. But uh, if she hasn't been there in a while, it sounds like she doesn't get there a lot. Right, right. And so Matterhorn might be you just cool. want to have you just want her to have fun. Yeah, well they have the new Yetis in the I Matterhorn cool. now, that's so true. that's that would be cool. Skip Nemo, obviously oh. the Jedi thing. Skip uh, Autopia. Skip Innoventions, Innovations. Oh, about yeah. Buzz Lightyear though. You could do Buzz Lightyear yeah. if she's a video game person. Hit yeah. Buzz Lightyear. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if she's not, then you know you're not right. going to dig on it. Uh, Star Tours, maybe, maybe not. It's you know leave that up to you. That's about it. Hit everything else, but miss those in DCA. No um, Bugs Land. Nothing in Bugs no, Land. No, nothing in Bugs Land will appeal to her no. um, in, like, the Hollywood area or whatever. There's that Frozen deal. Uh, Monsters, Inc., if she likes Monsters, Inc., it's Maybe. just a good ride in general. Maybe. So if she's lukewarm on that movie, That's fu- it's still a fun. Tower of Terror might be oh, cool for her. Oh, that would be great for her, probably. Yeah. Um, no, um, what's this, um... Also, I think it would be a pretty obvious thing to say to take her to that uh, the dance party. What is it? The the mad tea party. Mad tea party. Back, yeah. But I feel like it might be it it might look like you're trying too hard if you did that as an aunt. <laughs> I, think, I think if she was um, eighteen, yeah, or ten. Yeah, like that 13, 13 range, I feel like she's just going to think that's really stupid. Just with a scowl on her face. <laughs> Maybe. Horrible. I it depends. I don't think she'd get into it. I mean, you could take her. You can run her by and see what yeah, happens. Yeah, kind of gauge her reaction. So you like this? Yeah. Like, I remember being that age vaguely and uh, and really digging on those roller coaster rides because mm-hmm. it was yeah. kind of the first time I could do it. Uh, I mean, I was... I mean, I'm tall. I'm 6'5", so I was kind of tall for my age no matter where we were. So 
Um, I, I, but I, I feel I felt like around 12 or 13 or maybe even 14 was when I could I could I could like the ride and then understand that this is a new point in my life, right? right. Like now I'm old enough to not only experience this ride but realize what I was missing out on for right. the last 13 yeah. years. Right, right. So she may she may be that kind of person. I you know I don't know. You got to let her go. But I would also uh, you need to you do need to let her run, like go okay. You got two hours to do whatever you yeah. want, uh, but how to see? I don't know. From a non-parent, I don't know how truly young thirteen is. Thirteen is like mentally, it's pretty you know young. I mean? It's 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 just such you, that awkward age. When your your new child, would you let her run around or any of your kids right for that matter at, at, at a thir- month? Yeah, at a yeah, month. at a month. All right, Frankie, put her in a see you later. put her in a hamster ball and just kind of no, but and like you're going to Carthay, have fun. <laughs> any of your kids, would you let them run around at thirteen? Like at, yeah, I would. Yeah. But is that too young? But here's the thing, though, is that we don't know if Angie and her niece are going alone. And if they are, Uh, then no, I would not. I wouldn't say, okay, I'm going to go off on my own. No, 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 because I think it's Angie's time to to also reminisce about being at Disneyland at 13. Well, when I was 10, when I was 10, I would go with my grandma and my aunts, you know, when I went down to L.A. to visit. And I would have a good four to five hour chunk where it was just me and two or three of my cousins in the park by ourselves. You know, we're going wherever we want and then we have to meet out at a certain yeah. time and um so i don't think i mean i with, think it's fine is there be a difference between me sending a 13 year old kid um to a concert by themselves yeah. or even any other theme park but yeah, i went to theme parks at 13 by myself like with a group of friends yeah i went to like great america yeah. with my friend justin I, yeah, I didn't at 13 yeah well i mean I, I say it's 13 it could have been 15 i have no idea i really don't know but see, I think the difference is for me is that with Disneyland, you almost don't even have time to do something bad before either a person who oh, is actually <laughs> either you know normally clothed in the park or an yeah. undercover person is going to stop you. And that's why I wouldn't. So it's not necessarily about me thinking that my 13 year old kid isn't going to be a knucklehead. Um, I just know there's enough people and enough cameras to stop them from being knucklehead from being a knucklehead from yeah. being that kid all right well angie i hope we gave you enough uh, enough stuff to think about see everything basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that I, yeah that was crazy i don't know if that was much help <laughs> well i sometimes i think i would like to take a 10-year break from disneyland and go back just so i can be in awe again and then i'm like no no yeah. oh, great no uh right now i'm getting on mouse brew Hello. hey dan what's up man Hey, how you doing, Jason? Good. How are you? Very well. Uh, so I wanted to get you on because we're uh, we're just kind of moving into talking about the 60th uh, yeah. before Taryn does her uh, history of New Orleans Square, which we're all really excited about. Uh, but uh, yeah, everyone knows the the 60th anniversary started on May 22nd, I believe it was, and they had a bunch of new a bunch of new stuff, uh, you know, released the new new uh, Yeti and the Matterhorn and all the kind of stuff. And Hatbox mm-hmm. Ghost is back, of course. Uh, but I saw That's my on, favorite ride, right? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but I saw online that you were there, and I think you may have been there for you may have been there for that entire 24 hour uh, thing that they had to, to kick off the celebration. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I was not there for the entire 24, okay. but I did experience the madness. The most of it, yeah. So I knew I, at least you were there, and that's good. So I wanted to get you on uh, to talk just a little bit about your experience because we've never done the 24-hour thing. I, I like the spirit of it, uh, the intent of it, but it feels like every time it's done, it's just not executed well. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, what was your experience? How, how was that for you? What time did you get to the park? Well, especially – 
with this time being, they're starting the 60th celebration, um, all these new entertainment and attraction colliding with the 24-hour event. That made it especially difficult for people trying to visit. Uh, my experience was I left uh, my day job, and we showed up there, got there around 3.30 p.m. So, And I, I think most people view this uh, event as kind of like a, a grad night for adults. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> yeah. That's how I see it. People... And it's not so much families, too, because I think most people with small kids are like, I'm going to steer clear of that. I don't want to be wheeling my stroller around this. Um, but, you know, we do it as a family. So my wife and my two kids, we have the double stroller. We're, we go up. Um, first, we stopped in the world of Disney. My wife wanted to get the uh, new Minnie Mouse ears, the headband, not the $200 one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the what? Uh, yeah, have you heard of that? No. There's no. a $200 Minnie Mouse headband with Swarovski crystals bedazzling it. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty, pretty intense. So there's also, you know, the normal $24 one, which is what we purchased. But you should definitely look up the $199. Hashtag one. Cubic zirconium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we, uh, it was a good thing we did that because later on people were coming up to my wife saying, where did you get those? You know, they're sold out. Oh, wow. So I guess it was good to stop at the merch table first. Yes. Um. We got in, we show up to the, the Esplanade, and the lines for DCA and Disneyland were touching in the middle, back to back. Wow. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, but I've no. never seen that before. Never. No, because and, usually that's like you're, you know, you kind of, it's a, the freeze, that's the neutral zone. Right. Yeah, right. That's, and it kind of sometimes helps you determine, okay, I'm going to go into DCA because I'm not waiting in that Disneyland line right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my whole intent was I was going into DCA regardless because I wanted to see the new Diamond Mad Tea Party and get the new Diamond Zombie there. So for mouse brew purposes, I was heading to DCA. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it crossed my mind. I, I did want to see the new Abominable Snowman, but I knew that with the wide uh, walkways, it would be better for DCA for our purposes. Yeah. So we, we hop in the back of the line, and it's moving a little bit here, a little bit there, and uh, then... About after 10 minutes waiting, it really starts flowing. I had heard later that I guess both gates were closed for like a half hour, and that's how it reached each uh, end of the line, reach each other. But then I guess they just opened the floodgates and let them stream in, and I peeked through the gate, and I saw that Disneyland was back to the front again. Hmm. Ah. So I think what they were doing was just like a dam, opening up the river and then letting it back up again. Oh, I see. They just kind of go in waves. They let right. you, they let everyone in the park in waves. I wonder yeah. why. I wonder why that. That's maybe, what it was doing at that time of day. Maybe for but, like uh, like when the when the when the highway patrol kind of does the traffic uh, calming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you don't get you know because I can imagine everyone's just hanging out in mainstream. That's yeah, really what definitely. we do when we first yeah. go through the gate. So uh, yeah, maybe that was I. That's weird. I was excited to go to um, the new Grizzly Peak Airfield, which was formerly Condor Flats. Because soaring over California was reopening, and I was actually hoping through rumors I had read online that it was finally going to be Soaring World, the new 3D film, Yeah. which I guess they've been filming forever. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought it would be the perfect time to open a new attraction with the 60th and the new land. Yeah. But it was still soaring over California, I guess, at the new digital format. But okay. So we got fast passes for that, and I wound up writing it twice. It was great, you know, but it's the same thing. Was um, it exactly like the same video? Or? It's exactly the same oh, thing. Really? It's just the old video had so many cracks and pops in it, you oh. know, like an old film. So it doesn't have that anymore. It's more crisp. Gotcha. Um, and as far as the new uh, Smoke Jumpers grill that used to be the uh, Chase Pilot's grill, 
they still have four taps in there, but they only have three beers, so I don't know what mm. they're doing. Uh, they just have Bud, Bud Light, and uh, Carl Strauss uh, Tower 10. So they have another tap, but they're not using it yet. Okay. Um, one thing that was kind of interesting, we'd run into people, and they're like, the lines are, you know, so long for, like, California Screaming, which is usually a 20, 25-minute wait. But with my experience, because we were going on kitty rides, we we were on, I counted them at the end of the night, we got on 10 attractions. Wow. And I think it's because um, there wasn't a lot of young families there. Okay. You know, it was okay. mostly all the hardcore fans that wanted that 60th merch, that wanted to stay the 24 hours. So, so I mean, we had we didn't have that experience of waiting in these ultra-long lines for attractions, but because we were focused on the littler rides. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so from there we went, I guess we wanted to check out the Diamond Mad Tea Party, and I got the Diamond Zombie. It has that new Diamond Glow Cube in it. Okay, yeah. And, uh, so yeah. They, it's pretty cool because it's it's actually customized. There's little mouse heads or mouse uh, um, shapes on the top of the diamond. <laughs> oh, wow. So they That's had it funny. made for them. It wasn't just, you know, the random cube that was just you could probably get somewhere else, too. Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. That was a nice touch. That's awesome. And, um... But essentially, the whole Mad Tea Party is almost exactly the same. It just has some new diamond, you know, projections and stuff like that. Yeah. Did, okay. did you find, like, that? that's just kind of what a lot of the pluses were, is, is just these new, you know, uh, projection mappings, and, and, and that's about it? or? It, in DCA, yes. Yeah. Okay. And right. as far as the Pixar Play Parade, it was the same thing as well. Okay. Um, but I guess starting... At the end of June is going to be um, Inside Out. It's going to do a pre-parade for that. Oh, okay. Weird. Yeah. That's cool. Movie time. Um, how was? Did you check out the new World of Color? No, we did not see Neil Patrick Harris projected on a screen of water. That's <laughs> too bad. When I, when I heard that he was narrating it, I was like, oh, cool. And then I was seeing people post that, oh, it's actually him in the movie, which I thought was a little strange. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? They... they uh... He's like his his body is you know projected as he's talking. Oh, it's not just his voice. No. It's not just his voice. Yeah, his that's body. what I would expect. Huh. It's like the Tupac hologram. It's that kind of. A <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. you can party that with Tupac and OBD. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, did you did you get over to to Disneyland proper? Okay, right. So I would meet up with people, and they're like, "Oh, you know, so and so just got in. They were waiting outside for two hours." Oh, and no. now this is about five thirty, six thirty ish. I'm thinking, really? They were outside for two hours? And because now they were actually closing it and saying we're at capacity. But I don't know. Maybe they would wait for people to leave and reopen it. But apparently Disneyland was not doing that. This was just for California Adventure. Mm. So I think, and I talked to people that were in Disneyland earlier, and they said it wasn't even worth it because people were lined up for the Paint the Night Parade since, like, 2 in the afternoon, sprawled out, limbs everywhere. You know, these people that... It could, because for these people that do the 24-hour, it's more of a 48-hour. They open the parking lot at 10 p.m. the previous night. Okay. So these people are getting there and lining up, and they're just lined up all night long. Uh, just in, yeah, the, in, in, the, in the middle part there between the, between the not, parks? Not even there. They let them into that part, I think, at like 2 a.m. So oh. they're like lined up maybe at down, or, um, at the somewhere near the parking structure or okay. you know where the buses drop you off on the other side by yeah. harbor. Yeah, they're like okay. just queued up there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw online that uh, that in the morning the the line from the security. So when you come in on harbor and the, there's the Disney marquee, right, right there. 
uh, the, and then you walk down the thing and you hear the cool area music and all the buses come around. And then there's this, the first security checkpoint. Uh, the line extended from that to the marquee. Oh. Yeah. That's insane. That's crazy, right? That's um, insane. Yeah. A uh, friend called me and was like, hey, uh, should I come down there? I was like, yeah, sure, come on down. <laughs> I, I felt <laughs> kind of bad like for saying or... that because, exactly, well, I'll tell you the end of that story, but <laughs> we, um, I guess he had exited ball at like 11 and it took him like an hour and 45 minutes to park because oh, ball no. was backed up from the 57. He was on there for over an hour and. And, and here's the other thing that I wasn't expecting was all of California Adventure stopped serving alcohol at 11 p.m. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I was expecting at least midnight, and the restaurants, like, Flo's was still open, but you couldn't buy a Racer 5 IPA anymore. Oh, bummer. So, and I checked with cast members. I personally checked, like, a lot of these locations to see if, you know, someone was going to still be but it was it was park wide in DCA 11 p.m. and it was kind of ironic because I'm going by these you know they have all these impromptu dance stages set set up and I'm hearing like shot 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 you know like little John and I'm like thinking what what's, what's going on there's no alcohol um, <laughs> so at that time I told uh, Jeanette my wife I said well let's go meet them in downtown Disney and we went to the Uva bar where they were still serving you know till 2 a.m. a proper last call. Yeah. Nice. But I, I kind of document this. I threw up a YouTube video on the Mouse Brew YouTube channel, and it's just like a six-minute video of the whole experience. But as we were, okay, we were queued up to leave California Adventure at like one thirty in the morning. We couldn't get out. To leave? Why? Yes. Why and no, that we're many people? sitting there. We're sitting there, yeah, backed up. And as I come to discover that no one's moving because this queue that I'm in is people waiting to see if they're going to get a chance to go back into Disneyland. Oh, man. But what? there was absolutely, and there, let me tell you, there was no cast member, sh- like, rising above everyone saying, if you would like to leave the park, there was none of that. It was just people stand still and people behind me, what, what's going on? How come we can't leave? They're not letting us leave. It was ah. very unorganized in that sense. Ah. So we kind of had to squirrel our way through with this double stroller, and we finally get out. Uh, cast members and security had a huge diamond shape blocked off in the middle, middle of the esplanade. They forced us to go to the right towards Harbor to go all the way around to go back to the downtown uh. Disney site. Uh. And I'm looking over, I start filming this because it's so odd, and I'm looking at Disneyland, and there's no one over there. No one by the turnstiles. Meaning, like, everyone that was in there didn't want to leave Disneyland. Wow. And I think they're getting ready. The parade was about to start. It looks like a ghost town, and I'm saying this on camera, like, this is so strange. And I look, where is where are the people? And I zoom in at the security, the bag check, and people are backed up there for just hundreds of yards. Wow. To, to because just... they weren't letting people pass the security point, and that's oh. why the whole esplanade was just empty. Wow. What, what was the diamond, the, 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 the cordoned off area in the middle for? Did you ever find that out? No, I didn't. I, it was very strange. And because they were using so much manpower, I mean, I'm talking about a person like every five feet. Wow. This wow. giant shape. That's insane. Um, it it was. had to have been somebody famous or something. No, I don't. I, I, it was more of like an area control. Like they didn't. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm walking by, I heard people were jumping over the bag check area to like, try to sprint past. So we, we meet our friends at the Uva Bar. You know, fortunately, we got a table right before, you know, they start closing it down and we were able to get our beer and have a beer with our friends. And we're telling them, okay, so there's a 3 a.m. World of Color. Maybe you guys can go in and see it. 
So we, we leave Sarah goodbyes at like 2.15, and I guess they wait in line at the security checkpoint for about 45 minutes. They're not going anywhere, and they, they just go home. Oh, yeah. wow. So yeah. they, they still were not letting people just even into the Esplanade. Wow, and, and see, well, even into the Esplanade. See, exactly. Now, I, I saw, uh, so Taryn and I watched uh, some of the live feed. It was cool. They had some cameras on. Like, we watched the uh, Cars Land, uh, you know, the neon turn on at, like, sunset or whatever it was. So that was pretty cool to watch. Uh, yeah, that's cool that they did that. Yeah, it was really neat. Uh, but we, we, we were remarking to each other that it looks like it's just an average day. I, w- yeah. I was kind of like, this, mm-hmm. this seems like there should be double the people. Uh, and then I would and I would go on Twitter and people are complaining that Disneyland again has said that we've reached capacity and they're not letting people in. But you go to the cams and there's people walking freely around like it's just a normal ten o'clock at night kind of right. thing. Mm-hmm. It's very odd. Well, maybe yeah, maybe it's because they kept it closed off. I, I talked to one of my friends that I saw around one thirty when we were leaving, and she said she came back every hour on the hour. Like 5.30, couldn't get in. 6.30, couldn't get in. 7.30, finally wow. was able to get in, and that was to DCA. Wow. So That's they must crazy. have just reopened it various times when enough people left. Yeah. So um, you, you actually got into to Disneyland then, right? We never went on the 60th. You never? Okay. So you, okay. But, uh, knew. but so you went back. So how was everything? Yes. Okay. So that first day, I wanted to get the Disneyland sign. Uh, have yeah. you seen that? I, I did, and I'm very jealous of your Stein, by the way. I have, st- <laughs> I have Stein envy. It was strange that when the Disney Park blogs posted it, I swear it looked like it was at, you know, a wine country area of DCA, but it turns out they didn't even sell them where you think by the beers or the Sonoma Terrace. They don't sell them. They sell them in Disneyland. I, I picked one up on my last visit this past uh, Monday, I think, at the Coke Corner, the Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I picked up a couple. They're really cool. The details awesome. They are plastic. You know, it's like a souvenir mm. sipper, but okay. just it looks awesome. Okay. Do they still have them? Do you know? Yeah, they do. Okay, because Tara and I are actually going to be there. Not, not obviously not today, but uh, next <laughs> Sunday and Monday we're actually yes. going to go down. So I, I, I do want to get one of those. It's cool. I saw Paint the Night three times thus far. It's, it's an amazing parade. It, it really is. Is it? Because we're not really it's parade amazing. people. Would you, would you well, recommend it for, for just anybody? You, I would. Okay. The tech, I mean, i got to say the technology, whoever engineered these Imagineers on these floats is just, you just, you're just staring at it as it goes down the whole, you know, parade route. You just can't take your eyes off it. And these lights are moving in such a way that, I mean, it's almost hypnotizing. And then the costumes of the, of the dancing performers that are walking down and dancing, it's just like the fiber optics are sewn into the costumes hmm. the first the very first uh dancers that come out remind me of whiplash from the iron man 2 movie okay yeah <laughs> because yeah. they have these fiber optics but they're just whipping around i mean it's just a feat of these imaginaries what they did with this parade wow yeah, i heard be seen. i heard a lot of good stuff yeah maybe we'll, we'll try to check that out well, what i would recommend for you guys is people are lining up since four in the afternoon for the 850 parade but then there's an 11 parade where almost no one is sitting down. Oh, really? Like Because everyone watches the 850 parade, they watch the fireworks at 930, and then they're gone. And then there's this 11 o'clock uh, paint tonight that starts at the uh, start of Main Street. And, you know, you can just jump right in and sit down. So you guys do whatever mm-hmm. else, you know, you want to do. Take, use your time and then just hop in anywhere, basically, at the 11. Okay. Good I mean, point. you could wait for an hour for the 11 where all these people are waiting four-plus hours for that first show. Yeah. Ugh. 
so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, never mind that stuff. <laughs> and I did, uh, the first time we spoke, I remember mentioning the Matterhorn is my favorite. Well, let me tell you, they definitely plussed that ride. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. This abominable snow monster had me so excited. <laughs> really? I mean, I got off like a, like a little kid just running down. Uh, they still have a single rider, fortunately, because, you know, it's gotten so much more popular since this new plussing. Yeah. So I hopped in the single rider, and I was blown away. The Yeti, it was just uh, fantastic. And yeah. I think it would it would even get you on the ride again, hopefully. <laughs> I will, I've, I've seen the photos of it. Um, oh, that on... doesn't do it, Justin. No? Because, because, you know, when you listen, even hearing it, like, on a cell phone or something, it's just... Like, when you're riding through the whole mountain and you're just hearing these growls and these howls, okay. it, I mean, it just puts you in that mindset of where is he going to pop out from? And, it, right. you know, how <laughs> far does he actually reach towards you? Okay. All right. It's not It's not a, you know, stationary object anymore. It's not a thing. It's okay. A, mm-hmm. Interesting. Very cool. Didn't it used very to be cool. a movement like that and they just kind of it, broke and they just... No, it was kind of just like a stuffed grizzly bear that they had a strobe light on. Oh, okay. I, I, I could have sworn I remember it moving, but maybe that's my imagination from years and years ago. Yeah, and years ago. I think it's like you're moving fast, the strobe lights are going on it, so it kind of looks yeah. like it. Okay, all right. But well, they did a fantastic job with that. Well, Taryn, looks like we're going on Matterhorn. Again. Yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. No one's really excited about it. Terrence, it looks... Oh, wait. <laughs> Terrence forgot. doesn't ever go to Disneyland. I forgot you it's don't It's not go. my fault. It have, kind of is. I have kids. Yeah, yeah that's your fault. Yeah. I was there. Oh, I, guess. I did mention two uh, beer-related news before we depart. Okay. And one is yes. we spoke of uh, Blue Moon being at the Mad Tea Party area last time. Well, they replaced that with Shock Top, which is like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, replaced, you replaced the Coors version with the Anheuser-Busch version. Yeah, right. Yeah. Pretty much. Which I think goes with, because most of the park is Budweiser. So anyway, yeah. there's Shock Top there now. Okay. Which, you know, it's okay. And then... um. People, I posted this on Instagram, as someone told me this, I guess, have you heard of the Michelada drink? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay, well, I guess these are super popular, and the Cove Bar bartenders make them for you, and I posted this on Instagram, and it just, you know, it just got so many comments and so many (laughs) tags of people, because uh, I think they have Dos Equis and Corona there, they make it whichever you prefer, you know, with the... I guess, like, the tomato juice mix and some hot sauce. They'll put olives in it, celery. And people are just going to the Coke Bar for this drink now ever since people are uh, being aware that they have them. It's supposed to be a, a thirst quencher. And I, I remember, you know, several oh. years ago when Bud Light started doing that. Right. They had their packages on, right? Yeah, and uh, it was only in test markets, and I was out for the Great American Beer Fest several years ago, and, and I got one, and I, I took a sip and, and uh, left the tall boy on uh, the dresser for the maid to clean up. Like, I couldn't even take a second sip. It was so disgusting. Yeah, I think they're very... Uh uh, polarizing. Yes. Um, it's yes. supposed to be kind of like a Bloody Mary in a way, but yeah, if people drink it in the daytime, in the morning. Ugh. And uh, with no. the Cove Bar, I don't know if we ever mentioned this, but you can go up to the hostess and say, you know, I want to buy my drink to go. You you oh. mentioned that last right. time, and that's a, such a great tip. But we need to we need to remember that because we've tried to go to the Cove Bar on several occasions, yeah. and we just end up turning around and leaving because right. the line's too long. Right. So they let in two at a time, and I guess. People are getting these micheladas and then, you know, walking around the park with them. <laughs> no, no good. That is so funny to me. No good. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, but, like, just want to mention it to the people out there that do enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whoever you are. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dan. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate the, the rundown. 
It yeah, sounds like it was uh, sounds like it was insanely busy, but uh, still a good time. Yeah, yeah, I was glad I, I was glad we went. Cool, awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on. Okay, we'll see if uh, I'll see you next time you're down. Yeah, sounds good. We'll try to hook up okay. next Sunday. All right, all right, buddy. Bye. Bye. I like Dan. Yeah. Wow, can you imagine the lines touching in the, no. in the center? That's insane. First of all, I didn't know it was called the Esplanade. And I just called it the center. Yeah. And then uh, and then now the lines touched. That's I don't like. I feel like that. through that whole thing, I was just like, that just sounds so awful. Like yeah. all of it. No, there's no way. There's no way I would do it. I'm sorry. I just I, I, I turn around. Well, and but you have to. You have to. I wonder if anybody actually went there and was surprised that it yeah, was. Yeah, you can't you be surprised. You have to know that it was going to be insane. And right. so you can't get angry either. I don't think. Right. You've got to go. Uh, for, no, you can get angry because that's horrible. But I mean, you chose to go. You did chose you did yeah. chose to go. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, awesome. <laughs> Aaron just came in. And I was just trying to figure out what just happened. Aaron just <laughs> came in and cleaned up because, oh, as you know, we 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 do the, stu- uh, the studio here is in a bar, and uh, in Concord, and uh, one of the guys out here was like trying to signal if we wanted another beer, and oh, cleaning I up did. our glass, and uh, I don't think that came across though. It didn't come across. Anyway, that's fine though. <clears throat> All right, Taryn, are you ready right. for your? Uh, History of Nolens yes. Square. Yes, I am. All right, Tater. All right. <laughs> this is uh, be a long show, by the way. Oh, We're already yeah. 45 minutes <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> oh, we haven't started. We haven't started <laughs> yet, and I got a bunch of good news. All right. Uh, this is going to be an epic show. Um, okay, so the history of New Orleans Square. So uh, basically this, uh, this land is based on 19th century New Orleans, Louisiana. That's pretty obvious. Um this was uh, unique because it was the very first land added to Disneyland after the park's opening. Mm-hmm. So um, this was done at, at a cost of $18 million. Wow. But if you remember, Disneyland itself was made for $17.5 million. Wow. So this one land was more than the entirety of Disneyland. Um, wow, that's crazy. And also, that $18 million is equivalent to the sum that was um, originally used to purchase the entirety of Louisiana. Wait a minute. The Louisiana Purchase. purchase. Yeah. Well, you know, 300 years of inflation, or no, not 300, (laughs) 150 or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Inflation will kill you. So, those are some, that's a little interesting. Also, uh, this land covers three acres, which, if you're keeping track, is one sixth of a White House. Oh. I did some math. Who isn't keeping track? Let's be honest. It's true. Um, New Orleans Square, I did not realize this because I haven't been to many others, but it is exclusive to Disneyland. New Orleans Square. Really? It is not in any of the other parks. Uh, Tokyo has a very similarly themed area within their adventure land, but it is not called New Orleans Square, and it is not New Orleans Square. So no interpretation of the name, no translation, nothing? nothing? No. Wow. Isn't that interesting? I did huh. not know that. Well, I mean, I guess New Orleans is pretty much classic Americana, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's the French, uh, you know, influence and the, the Southern influence, and uh, you'd almost think they'd have it in uh, in France or in the well, Paris one. But. But yeah, but the French are so uppity. I don't think that they would. I don't think that they would. Uh, they would probably consider it lowbrow. Mm, maybe, yeah. To a French cuisine. Well, yeah, it makes. I looked it up. Yeah, and, um, Magic Kingdom, Tokyo did you Disney. Not believe me. No, I, no, I did. I did. <laughs> but in Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, and uh, Disneyland Tokyo, and mm-hmm. uh, Disneyland Paris, 
they're all in Adventureland. Yep. Uh, okay. The um. Oh, the ride. The pirate. Yeah. The ride. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Which okay. I guess makes more sense in uh you know in 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 foreign countries right. because that's their advent you know it's adventure. Florida isn't a foreign country. Yes, yeah, it, it is. is. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Okay. We have we have forty nine states <laughs> and uh, and and one uh, one incorporated territory called Florida. <laughs> um. So uh, this land opened in July on July twenty fourth, nineteen sixty six. Uh, it was uh, Mayor Victor H. Shiro, who is the the mayor of uh, Louis uh, New Orleans. The real one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he was there, and he participated in the dedication ceremony. Uh, Shiro announced that Walt Disney had been made an honorary citizen of New Orleans. Uh, this, unfortunately, was Walt's last major appearance at the park. So this is kind of the last place in Disneyland that Walt had his hands in. Hmm. Wow. Which kind of, I think, adds to some of the magic of the place. Like, I think that that... that I think that's why a lot of people really like New Orleans Square without realizing it, but that's mm-hmm. like the the last place that has a lot of magic in it, but it's a little bit off of Main Street. It it doesn't quite feel the same as the other lands, but right. there's definitely something very unique about it. Yeah. And I think that maybe that uniqueness is that that was the last part that Walt helped with. Okay. Um it, it's also the only land in Disneyland that opened with no attractions. <laughs> So in 1966, when it opened, there wasn't anything to do there. It was really pretty. Yeah. There was a lot of shops, and there was a couple of restaurants, but there was no rides, and that was it. Okay. So it was just kind of a like it was a, a walk through. Yeah, walk through yeah, kind of it, area. Yeah, like, like Main Street, I guess. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. yeah okay. And there was stuff already in development, but they just it wasn't open. It wasn't yeah. open. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, like so Mansion was there, but I think that was about it. No, it, Mansion wasn't. Faci- Mansion didn't open until '69. It didn't, but the facade was there. Right. So Mansion was there. Hey, come on. <laughs> God, you want a technicality, uh, bro? Go on. Yeah. Okay. Um, this, uh, most of this uh, area, the mm. New Orleans Square, which, by the way, is not an actual square. <laughs> it's actually a circle. <laughs> all right. All, all of the – anything that you read about the history is like – and to, to to be honest with you, it's not really a square. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's not. Um, but this whole area was <laughs> it was designed by uh, Disney legend Dorothea Redmond, and she obviously did it in the plantation style uh, with the iron lace balconies. Mm-hmm. It's very reminiscent of uh, actual New Orleans and, mm-hmm. and very, like, French. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did uh, most of the interior and exterior views of the area restaurant and shops. Like, she did all of that stuff. So all of that sort of classic... Uh, Victorianish style. She did that. Mm-hmm. Um, what you will notice if you're walking around that area is the homes, the quote-unquote homes or apartments on the second level. Uh-huh. If you look up, they each are styled very differently, or slightly differently. I guess it's not they're not crazy different, but like one you'll see like clearly an artist lives there. There's there's okay. canvases outside and paintbrushes based on things on the on the balcony. Right, exactly. Okay. And then right. like another one. Has um, like musician or a musician lives there. There's instruments outside. And then um, when we went to Club 33 that time, <coughs> parents. Uh, wow, that was fun. <laughs> uh, Weren't the pictures amazing? <laughs> they were. They were yeah. great. They had that one with the stuff on it. Yeah. yeah. You can stand on the balcony of Club 33 and look out to the balcony of where the now Dream Suite is. Yeah. And there is a little table set up with 
um, what looks like fresh, like sweet tea sitting out there and and things like that it's just a really really well themed area yeah. probably the most well themed area maybe except for cars land like it's just it's to a t perfect okay um and everything in this place just like disneyland has a history even uh in the uh perfumery i don't remember the exact name of Parfumawa. it right i don't know man. <laughs> we can buy eau de toilet yeah, the, no. There's an antique chandelier in there that was actually purchased by Walt Disney on one of his uh, many trips to Crescent City. Where's so, Crescent City? I don't know. Nevada? You're thinking of Carson City. Yep. All right. <laughs> Great. I don't know. Terrence, uh, you figure that out. I'm looking it up. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, this, I mean, obviously this land had a lot to, uh, a lot of history for Walt Disney himself, and, and I think we all kind of experience that when we walk through it. Um, some of the food that you're going to find there, uh, my personal favorite is just the Royal Street Veranda. Super easy. It's You're going to get your best deal because it's just a bread bowl of clam chowder or gumbo. Mm-hmm. And I love that they have little packets of Tabasco. I don't know why. It just makes me really happy. Um, Where is that? That is when – that's right next to um, Pirates of the Caribbean, but right before you start walking actually through New mm-hmm. Orleans Square. Yeah. Underneath the Dream Suite, right? Uh, yeah, sort yeah, like ish. off to the side, yeah. yeah. Okay, All right. Um, and then you've got the French Market, which is just such an amazing spot to sit down. We never actually sit there, but when I was younger and I used to go with my friend, like that's always where we went, and mm-hmm. because there's the live jazz band, you can grab like the Creole. Is that how you say it? Creole. 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 Yeah. Um, you have your Creole cuisine. Uh, you can grab a mint julep, which I'm not a fan of, but if you are, then they're right there. Well, because aren't now correct me if I'm wrong, Terrence. Mm-hmm. You might know this. Aren't mint juleps traditionally an alcoholic beverage? Yeah, they are. It's uh. Yeah. Uh, bourbon. Um, no. Yeah, it is. Bourbon? Yes. It's In a mint julep. It's bourbon. You're wrong. Simple sugar. Um, simple syrup. Simple no syrup. Sorry, simple syrup, syrup which is that. sugar and water. Um, and then uh, muddled mint. That's it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, yeah. don't, I, I disagree. It's not bourbon. It I, is I'm bourbon. I'm looking it up right now. I'm positive it's bourbon because I made one last mint week. Well, doesn't mean you did it right. Oh, yeah, main alcohol, bourbon whiskey. Okay, <laughs> fine. <clears throat> and Crescent City, by the way, is about an hour away, um, up 101, about an hour um, south of the California-Oregon border. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know it was in this state. Yeah, it's way up there. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, Which so kind of makes the chandelier story a little less real. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So yeah. Taryn's like, oh, and then he bought it on one of his many trips, too, and I'm thinking France <laughs> or maybe Belgium or yeah. something, but no. Some terrible border town before you get to Oregon. Like, uh, right. Oh, well. <laughs> um, what can you do? Yeah. Uh, so then there's also the Cafe Orleans, which is a fairly newer restaurant within the last couple of years. Uh, it's a little bit pricier. It's French cuisine. It's really like, – we ate there once. It's a nice atmosphere, pretty good food, um, pretty expensive, though, and, and not necessarily super kid-friendly, but, you know, that's cool. Um, because you don't have kids. Yeah, we love it. Well, no, I didn't mean that's cool. I just meant, like, that restaurant's kind of cool. Oh, okay. But, like, okay. I don't know if I'd highly recommend it. There's better. Um, and then, uh, of course, the Blue Bayou, which is in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that uh, that restaurant actually opened the same day as Pirates of the Caribbean, which I thought was kind of neat. That is cool. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people will say, uh, Blue Bayou, it's too overpriced. Or, but you don't, and it is overpriced. Yes. <laughs> but eat there. If, yeah. you, if you've never eaten there before, no, yeah. do it's, it. It's no, 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 no
good. The, the food, food is not worth the price, but the atmosphere. Yes, is I think fantastic. the food's pretty good. You're going for uh, atmos. The the food is food. It's not yeah. it's not for the price. It's not worth it. It's probably Boom. ten bucks higher yes. than what it should be. Yes. but you're you're going there because you're literally in the ride. You're eating yeah. in the ride, and it's mm-hmm. amazing. So so don't listen to the haters online. Try it at least once, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you do and if you hate it, what are you, out like 50 bucks? Doesn't matter. It's, right. it's no big deal. Just go there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so Fantasmic was, uh, obviously, we all know Fantasmic. Um, it's a nighttime spectacular. Mm. Uh, it involves water and fireworks, and it, it started in 1992 as a way for them to reinvigorate the rivers of America. Mm-hmm. Um so that's a pretty long time that there's not a whole lot going on in the Rivers of America except the two boats. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really, like, since it opened, the not a whole lot has changed. Really, all that's changed with Fantasmic is technology. Mm-hmm. So, you know, instead of doing their 70-millimeter projectors, they're now doing HD digital projectors. Like, stuff like that. It, it wasn't terribly interesting to me um but you know it's obviously better than it was in 92 and that's just really because of technology nothing more yeah um so some of the rides i mean there's not very many in new orleans square there's pretty much what pirates of the caribbean haunted mansion and the train stops there that's it and so the train stops there um that's it yeah i mean everything else is technically frontier land yeah could you count well so what the so i wonder where the the technical border is between frontier land and the rivers of America Square. is it the is river? Frontierland. Because you go down to the river and then you're in Frontierland because you're in the ride to go over to to, to Tom Sawyer Island. Yeah. To Tommy S. So there are there are like really yeah, yeah there's only four attractions in New Orleans Square. Wow. And that's Fantasmic, Pirates, Train, and Haunted Mansion. Yeah. So what? I guess it ends at at, uh, at Tarzan's Treehouse. Yeah. As as the bottom, and then the top would be the back of, uh, of the front Mansion. of Splash Mountain, right? Oh, the back of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The back of Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. And it's then to the small. left is the train, to the right is the river. Yeah, it really is small. It is really small, but it doesn't seem that small, and that's the beauty of Disneyland, yeah. right? Yeah. It doesn't seem that small at all. Yeah, it's, ma- pretty, it's pretty neat. Yeah, the majority of the land is actually just the walkway right in front yeah. of the water. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Nice. Well done, Disney. <laughs> all right. Um, so, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it, 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 hang on, I'm sorry. It is kind of like the majority of the walkway. That's the land, right? And it, right. it's almost like, okay, you have three options. You can go... One way is meander through the shops, which is what Taryn and I like to do, or at least I like to do it, and Taryn, you know, uh, indulges me. Right. Um, then you can kind of go one level down, which is you're walking in front of the restaurants, right. you know? Right. Or you can take the the super highway mm-hmm. and then walk right by the river because then you go and you just That's jam true. by everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, right. just, it's just weird. Anyway, uh, it's probably one of the more efficient walkways. In oh, the it entire is. Park oh, it is. Because you have you have those three choices. Well, you look at how everything going through um, Adventureland is so congested and everyone wants to look at this and that. Oh, and literally as soon yes. as you hit uh, Tarzan's treehouse, it's like, boom. Yeah, like it opens up. Yeah, you went from... Uh, That's that commuter lane. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, Taryn, sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Um, so then moving on to some of the rides in that area, the, the three. Yeah. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, we all... I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've been on Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. Uh, it's a great place. Love it. One of my favorite rides. Um, it opened in March on March 18th, 1967. So since the land opened in 66, it obviously wasn't open yet. Um, this was the last attraction whose construction was overseen by Walt Disney himself. Um, 
unfortunately, he passed away uh, three months before it actually opened. So he never actually got to see it fully finished. But uh, the boats were created um, by uh, Aero Development. Just the, the whole ride, essentially, was created by them, uh, which we've talked about several times. Um, and an interesting little tidbit that I found is the costume designer for that ride, Alice Davis. Uh, she's uh, I think she's a D- Disney legend now. Yes, yeah, um, yes. She was uh, concerned while making the costumes for the animatronic pirates that the machinery was going to rip the costumes um, and thus would shut down the ride. Mm -hmm. And so that was a concern of hers. And so she asked if she could make two sets for each character. Mm -hmm. And she was told no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, she is, I I assume, most as most uh, Imagineers, much like Walt Disney, and she didn't listen to that she ordered extra fabric and did it anyway and, oh, hid, nice. the, and hid the costumes um two months after opening a fire actually destroyed several of the costumes that she had made mm-hmm. and alice was alice was asked to make new ones and she then revealed her collection and since then uh each character on that ride has three costumes nice so there was a fire on the ride i it didn't say specifically okay. i don't think it was on the ride because i think that would yeah. have destroyed a lot more than just the clothes i think we would have heard about that yeah. too so maybe there was a fire in props like or when they were like refurbing that. or yeah. something yeah okay but it ruined a bunch of stuff and she was wow. there to save the day just by there you go thinking ahead um and so uh then there's also the train stop in New Orleans Square, and just yeah. a couple of things about that. I'm uh, basically, you know, as you're approaching New Orleans Square from uh, main, the Main Street Station, you want to look out for the Mardi Gras heads because that's kind of your like sign that you're headed for like the fun land yeah. of New Orleans Square. Right. I think it's right after that first tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, right? yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and it's off to your right if you're if you're sitting face forward. Um, also. Uh, a bit, pretty well-known fact, uh, Walt Disney's opening day speech is being played on repeat on the uh, Morris Code over the speaker system as wow. you're c- kind of going by. And when you're stopped at that station, you can hear that clicking. And that's what that is. Mm-hmm. It's, nice. it's his opening day speech. Um, a little-known fact, uh, that at that train station, the, the stop is usually a little bit longer than the other ones because that's actually one of the spots – or that's the spot where they fill the water for the steam engine. Oh. Yeah. So sometimes yeah, it's a little right. bit longer. So that uh so if you're looking at the uh if you're in the train station and you're looking right across, uh there's that building and then there's a the water tower, the wooden water tower mm-hmm. to the right of it. Yeah, it's an active water tower. I didn't know that. I guess I didn't realize that before. I mean I remember oh. seeing it and I've 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 seen photos and I I wanna say that I've seen them transferring water, but it's one of those things where you're when you're in Disneyland you're not really looking around. Right. Kind of thing. Uh, I mean at at those kind of levels it's a lot like the uh the walking paths in New Orleans Square. There's, I think, there's multiple levels of of uh, interaction and 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 uh, a set dressing mm-hmm. at Disneyland. You know, there's like the main stuff, like here's the attraction, right. here's the uh, you know uh, 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 Pirates of the Caribbean, and you go in the line, and that's cool. All the stuff that's uh, when you're waiting in the queue, and then there's the check out this old tree, and you know how the lighting is all right. rusted and looks really super old, and mm-hmm. and then the, and then there's like a third level of all the kind of stuff that the the buzzing of interaction. Right. Uh, between the cast members and, and the environment like that, I think, is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, next up is, uh, or I guess lastly, actually, for the rides, is Haunted Mansion. Um, and this attraction actually predates uh, Disneyland. Uh, Disney legend Harper Goff, uh, he developed a black-and-white sketch of a crooked street leading away from Main Street 
by a peaceful church and graveyard with a rundown manor perched high on a cliff that uh, towered over the main street. Disney, however, Walt, as we sometimes like to call him, uh, did not <laughs> did not like the idea of. I a call him Dubs. I call him Big Dubs. Dubs. Humpty Dubby. Anyway, may I? Yes. Thank you. Just keep um, going. Don't even Disney, listen to Disney did not like that. I, the idea of a rundown building in his park, though. Um, so mm. he liked the idea of a mansion, a haunted mansion, but he didn't like the idea of it being run down. And especially after visiting the Winchester Mystery House mm-hmm. in San Jose, California, which I think we've probably all been to if you're from up here. Um, he was totally captivated by that mansion with the stairs that go to nowhere, the doors that open to walls and holes and elevators. And that was a weird sentence. Uh, I'll move on. You did great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Imagineer Ken Anderson uh, envisioned stories for the Haunted Mansion, um, including tales of, like, a ghostly sea captain who killed his nosy bride and then hanged himself, and a mansion home to an unfortunate family and a ghostly wedding party with well-known Disney villains and spooks. Um, but Imagineers uh, Raleigh Crump and Gail Gracie recreated Ken Anderson's stories in a studio at, um, well, at WD Enterprise. WDI. Well, they say... Walt Disney Enterprises. It said WDI. That's an E, though. That's WED. Walt... Entertainment. What is it? What is I that? forget. I use. I, forget I should too. know these things. WED. Walter Elias Disney is WED. It's WED, Yeah. Right? Yeah, because that's the company that he formed to buy the property. Oh, exactly. gotcha. Yeah, that's WED, and then it became... And now it's WDI is Walt Disney Imagineering. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so essentially then Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie kind of took over the ideas that Ken Anderson had and helped start really Which, creating this ride by the way it, <laughs> it's kind of amusing that uh this guy's name is ken anderson a just super normal name then you have someone <laughs> called raleigh crump <laughs> and <laughs> yale gracie just like wait right. a minute the two we, these up. yeah i think it's walt going dude we're totally gonna punk ken anderson right now check this out check this out oh uh, hey ken <laughs> Well, I love your ideas, man. You're going straight to the top in this company. <laughs> Wed loves you. So we have Raleigh and Yale over here. Stop, Walt. This is not funny. Have another Tom Collins. Um, or, or Scotch Mist or whatever. Get and, out of here. And by the way, um, Yale Gracie's last name, and it's not a coincidence that that is Master Gracie's house. Just FYI. The mansion. Yeah. The mansion yes. is, is uh, Mr. Gracie's. Um, so in 1961, handbills uh, announcing a 1963 opening. I'm sorry, ha- handbills. Okay, that's not a that's not an Imagineer. <laughs> yeah, no. His first name is Hand. Last oh, name is Bills. I see. No, no, no. <laughs> it's that's a joke. Liter- Got it. Okay, thanks. All right. Um, yeah, which a handbill for for those of you not born in the 40s, a handbill <laughs> is a it's a poster. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so in 1961, post bills a, a where they put on. Okay, right. Uh, announcing the 1963 opening of the Haunted Mansion. Uh, they were given out at Disneyland's main entrance to kind of attract excitement and things. Um, however, construction began a year later, and the exterior was completed in 1963. Uh, so that was up when New Orleans Square opened. Um, the attraction was previewed in a 1965 episode of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, but the attraction itself did not open until 1969. Hmm. Wow. Uh, the six-year delay uh, was owed heavily to Disney's involvement in the uh, New York World's Fair from 64 to 65 and to an attraction redesign after Walt's death in 1966. Uh, I think that's 
when it became an actual ride as opposed to a walkthrough. Okay. Um, and it finally opened to all guests in August of August twelfth, nineteen sixty nine. Well, real quick, one of the reasons why um, it was avail- why they made it a uh, ride instead of a walkthrough is because the we talked about it before the mm-hmm. sixty four World's Fairs when Ford debuted the sixty four and a half Mustang, right? Mm-hmm. And they used the um, Omnimover uh, technology for that, which then went to um, the People Mover, and then mm-hmm. ultimately went to Honda Mansion. Yeah. That's correct. So um, there's a couple of interesting things about the Haunted Mansion, but I'm going to turn it over to my trusty sidekick, Jason Petros, to uh, talk about those. What do you mean? I don't have anything prepared. Yes, you do. Oh, that's right. I do. Uh, <laughs> Hatbox Ghost. Yes. So it's very timely that Taryn is doing this now because uh, it, it, the 60th anniversary just happened, or not, it, it didn't technically just happen, but the celebration is happening now. And uh, and they announced, Disneyland announced that they are bringing back the Hatbox Ghost, which is, I just want to point out, something that we had uh, like six months ago <laughs> that we said right. that that was going to happen and yeah. we knew for a fact. Uh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> So in case you you don't know too much about the Hatbox Ghost, I just want to take a couple minutes on it. Um, Hatbox Ghost or Hattie, as some people call him, which I don't like. Hattie doesn't. Hattie? Hattie. I've H-A-T-T-I-E. never heard that, and that makes me angry. Yeah, I don't like it either. Uh, he originally appeared when the mansion first opened, as Terrence said, in 69, uh, but was pulled about a month or so later due to a malfunctioning... Uh, effects. So, uh, they couldn't get the lighting right, really. Uh, some folks also say that the attraction was too scary, but uh, I can't imagine that it was. But maybe in the 60s, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so, in case you don't know, the Hatbox Ghost is kind of a, a dressed as an elderly, um, uh, Lon Chaney-esque kind of person. Uh, you know, gaunt face. I'm almost skeletal, I, I, I suppose, but I don't think he's a proper skeleton. Uh, but just an overcoat with a cane and, and, a, and a, a box, a hat box. And then um, the the his head disappears and reappears inside the hat box. Mm-hmm. That's the hat box ghost. Uh, for years after the uh, removal of the hat box ghost, there were rumors uh, if he was coming back or if he even ever existed. There were actually people who didn't really realize that hat box ghost was 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 real uh, because so few people ever saw him. He became this sort of pseudo-urban legend that people would talk about and argue over. Uh, some people there during the first few months of Disneyland's opening say they never saw him. You know, they're reminiscing as a as an adult from back in a child. They go, "Wow, I, I, I don't even know what that is." Uh, and some say that they had. There were there were old you know family videos uh, that had him in there. And and anyway, uh, he continued to be in the minds of fans because, mainly because he was featured so prominently on the Disney merchandise to push the. Uh, uh, Push the Haunted Mansion, as Taryn said. The Imagineer hand bills, um, <laughs> hand bills, hand bills. Uh, most notably on the record book for the Haunted Mansion, and uh, uh, there's a you know there's a, a little booklet, and then there's a record that goes along with the sounds and the story of the Haunted Mansion, and you can uh, check out the high res scans of of those on our Facebook page. And the Hatbox Ghost even has a an actual page dedicated to him. So he's a real entity. He really existed. And this is all pre-Haunted uh, Mansion release anyway. So it's kind of cool. Uh, Hatbox Ghost started popping up in official Disneyland merch in 2009. Uh, I would assume to judge the interest in bringing that character back into Haunted Mansion land. And then that kind of ramped up a bunch of online uh, you know, fans and, and online uh, noise and hubbaloo uh, about uh, bringing Hattie back. Uh, he um, Guillermo del Toro 
who we've talked about a little bit before, is working on a movie version of The Haunted Mansion, uh, said that the Hatbox Ghost plays a, quote, pivotal character in his story. Yeah, which he has a pretty interesting background. Um, This was uh, from the Haunted Mansion comic book. Which I kind of like that oh, Disney's yeah. doing these uh, these kind of you know there's there's the one about the uh, Big Thunder Mountain right now and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, the Hatbox Ghost uh, Hatbox Ghost plays a part in the mystery of the mansion storyline or Mance. I maybe have typed that incorrectly. Uh, so the real name for Hatbox Ghost is Randall Pace. Really? He has a name and huh. a backstory, which normally I don't like origin stories, but for stuff like this where it's just a paragraph. I love it. Don't make a movie about Hatbox Ghost's <laughs> uh, origin story, please. Uh, anyway, Randall Pace was a gunrunner on the ship that William Gracie was captain, who William Gracie, of course, is the head of the, the master of mm-hmm. the Haunted Mansion. After discovering what they were shipping, um, I don't know what they were shipping, uh, Gracie decapitated Pace, and then he became a pirate. When Gracie eventually settled down outside of New Orleans, a scorned Madame Leota who is the floating head in the seance room uh, in, in Haunted Mansion, would call upon the spirit of Pace and the rest of Gracie's long-dead crew and the Hatbox Ghost to play a part in the death of the bride uh, of, of Gracie. So it, after murdering the bride, he leaves the mansion, referencing his own removal from the original attraction. So apparently the, the lore, the canon in this, is that Hatbox Ghost killed the wife of Master Gracie and then left the mansion. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. As a spirit. Okay. And so I think, so is, what, is that the bride in the attic scene? Yeah. Yes. Is that Gracie's bride, or is that just another bride? I no, don't know. No, that was Gracie's bride, yeah, I think. It, okay, so Hatbox Ghost killed her. Oh. Is, is essentially the, the, the lore. If I'm reading this wow. right, I might well, be reading Well, but she killed a bunch of people, too, so. So she deserved it. Maybe. Who I knows? Like I don't know. Anyway, huh. that's Hatbox Ghost. So now you can check out Hatbox Ghost. Uh, there's a video all over the place uh, online, and uh, it looks pretty cool. I, we were we were lucky enough to to see some some pre 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 things of Hattie, and uh, it looked really cool. You just so, called it Hattie. I know, but what am I gonna do? Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, check it out, man. I, I hear it's uh, really cool. So now they got the lighting worked out. There was it's all a trick with lighting. Yeah. And uh, at least it was in the '60s, and they just couldn't they just couldn't do it, and it was looking terrible, so they pulled it. Well, great job. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so moving on. There's Thank a couple, you. There's a couple of interesting things at uh, New Orleans Square that I just want to kind of touch on. Um, I don't know how to say this word. It's a name, but I think it's Lafitte. Earth. Lafitte's. Lafitte's anchor. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that there's a giant anchor in... Um, L-A-F-I-T. Lafayette. It's a French... Yeah, it's French. I'm not French. I think it's a French pirate. Yes, it is. Lafayette. I think it's Lafayette, but but it's that's not Jean, Lafayette. It's Jean right. Lafitte. It's probably Lafitte. Lafitte. Yeah. There you go. Uh, anyway. what, what did we say in, in France? Our friend told us that uh, uh, to to make any word in French is drop the last letter. Lafitte. There you go. Ah, okay. Jean Lafitte. <laughs> um, so basically, this anchor used to be uh, in Frontierland, uh, like when the park first opened. In Frontierland, okay. Yes, All and right. it moved uh, kind of where the, the rock is near, the, the petrified tree. The petrified tree, right. okay, yeah, right it, outside it, of Golden Horseshoe. Yeah, it okay. used to be there, but they moved it to New Orleans Square, I think, to kind of go along with the pirate theme. Um, okay. And the plaque claimed that it was, quote, a relic from the pirate ship commanded by Jean Lafitte, 
in uh, in the <laughs> battle. Now I like saying it. You're doing a great job. In the Battle of New Orleans on January 8th, 1815. But as the plaque warned, don't believe everything you read. Uh. So uh, take that for what you will. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Basically, they're saying, like, this is a pirate's um, anchor. Yeah. But also, we're probably lying. <laughs> <laughs> it could be or could not. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is super fascinating to me. I think you guys are going to like it, too. Um, there are several throughout New Orleans Square fire insurance plaques. Fire insurance plaques. Yes. These okay. are um, they're old-fashioned horse and chemical wagon, along with the letters D and L for Disneyland. Um this is Disneyland's version of a traditional fire insurance plaque. So homes having paid their insurance premiums would display this plaque on an, 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 on an exterior wall so that the fire department would know just which buildings to save first in the event of an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can you imagine in California that actually happening? <laughs> that would be insane. Dude, right? So this is, this, is a real, this was a real thing back then. Okay. And um, so typically these plaques were found between the first and the second floors rather on the ground floor to prevent uh, the fire mark from being destroyed or removed by pranksters or children. Yeah. Um, and there are at least four of these throughout New Orleans Square. Really? And I will give you a hint for mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Look above Le Baton Rouge, a Le retail Baton store, Rouge. to find one of them. But there are several others. And I think that is very cool. It's kind of a hidden Mickey type thing. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. So we all know New Orleans Square for being extremely mysterious. You know, it's got the, it's got Club 33, which we've talked about. Yes. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because we have, if you listen to show number 23, we go into 100% full detail. But basically, yeah. it's very exclusive, very expensive club for that is for members only. Very hard to get into. Terrence has yet to go there. Uh, it's the second time the show you've said that. I actually have that part <laughs> in my notes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, the first she was just riffing. Yeah, that was just riffing. Right. The second part. This is an actual note. in the notes. So <laughs> I, I planned to make fun of you in the notes. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wrote it and then I was like, <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be good. <laughs> um, it was obviously it was recently refurbished and they added the Le Salon Nouveau. Nouveau. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much that's much as much as I'm gonna say about that for right now. Okay. Um. In so the Dream Suite is another very mysterious part of uh, Disneyland as a whole, but it's in New Orleans Square, and this was basically supposed to be an additional area for Walt and his family to hang out and for Walt to take his clients um, and potential potential clients, I guess, um, and host them at this bigger mm-hmm. than his apartment. His apartment was a little small for right. who he wanted to entertain. Um, so in the early 1960s. Um, that's when he kind of had this idea and he had this space and he's like, let's build this. Um, he brought in uh, set designer again, uh, Dorothea Redmond. She she did that entire apartment. So okay. it's in very much the same uh, decor as the rest of New Orleans Square. Um, and she was actually famous for creating the sets for Gone with the Wind. Awesome. Yeah, I forgot to say that earlier. Wow. Sorry. No, that's right. Um, she, uh, let's see, she, oh, one thing I did want to note is in the uh, Club 33 episode, I had mentioned the the mirrors in there that are that have that gold crackly look. Mm-hmm. She actually handmade those. It's oh, a, cool. It's a, it's a unique kind of um, 
you paint the back and you do it in layers mm-hmm. until you get to the front mirror part and it creates that crackly thing. But she oh, nice. actually hand did all of those and you see them all throughout the uh, New Orleans Square and she did all of those. Nice. Oh wow. Um, so the project, uh, this the, this project was christened uh, the Royal Suite. That's what it's always been called when Walt was around. Okay. Um, and it's obviously inspired by its location off of New Orleans Square, Royal Street. Mm-hmm. Um, Walt died, unfortunately, before it was completed. And at the request of his brother, Roy, um, who felt that the family would not enjoy the Royal Suite with, with Walt gone, the project was quietly set aside, And um, even though it was really close to completion. So yeah. he just... I'm sure the kids are like, really, <laughs> Uncle, I know. Uncle Ron, or whatever. Roy. Roy, same thing. Uh, so from July 11th, uh, 87 to August 7th, 2007, the space was actually uh, the Disney Gallery. Mm-hmm. And I remember going there, and I'm going to desperately try and find my photo of me touching Orlando Bloom's pirate costume, because it said, do not touch. And I was like, I can't not touch it. It's right. Orlando Bloom's. Right. Uh, but I had no idea at the time. I wasn't a super Disney fanatic then, and I didn't know that I was in the dream suite like yeah, right. i was in there and i had no clue so um if you were in that disney gallery you were also in the dream suite and you probably also didn't know um just uh moving on to one last thing um there is they're opening up something new called 21 royal street um in december 2014 word spread this hasn't been officially announced by disney but it's been hinted about enough that it's not a rumor it's actually happening um in December 2014, word spread that Disney is opening a new venue that will serve alcohol. So this is kind of a hot topic because it's in Disneyland, but right. it will serve alcohol. It's a it, The word on the street was that it was not exactly a restaurant, but more like an event space that you can rent out for up to 16 people. And that uh, Club 33 members would have first dibs, um, but that it would actually be uh, available to the general public at least to those who could afford the extremely high prices. Right. So essentially, it's kind of like a Club 33, but it's more for an event. It's not like a restaurant that's going to be open all the time, uh, if that makes sense. Um, it's for just larger parties, I suppose. Um, and Disneyland hasn't officially announced this, except that they sent a letter out to Club 33 members explaining what this new place was and kind of getting them a little hyped up for it. Um, so there really isn't a whole lot of uh, information out there available, but it is rumored to open in 2015. Um, so I, we should probably all gear up for some sort of announcement coming up soon. Okay. Um, but yeah, th- that's kind of interesting. And yeah, it's weird. That'll be weird. I don't. Weird. I don't think I like it necessarily. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's really like of all the things that you can put into Disneyland into that space, you're gonna have something that is super premium yet again. Yeah, right. I, no, I I, that's a poor move. That's not gonna. That doesn't go over well. Well, and I wonder how they're going to. Like, how is that going to be displayed? Like, I, I hope that you can't see it. I hope it's, like, a secret entrance or something. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't think everybody should have to see these rich people getting I mean, there's people still complaining that the uh, Court of Angels is cut off. Yeah. You know, which, by the way, all these people on the internet going, replace the Court of Angels. Uh, when I went to Disneyland, when we've been, I've never seen anybody in the Court of Angels. But suddenly, now, which is, so they walled it off, essentially, and, and, and that's the entrance to Club 33 right. now. right. Uh, tucked way in the back, but there was never anything there with caricature artists and a fountain, and that's it. There was never anybody there, but now right. suddenly it's everyone's favorite spot. Yeah. So whatever. So I just lastly, um, I just have a couple small little things that I wanted to uh, mention. 
um, about New Orleans Square. You can get your pirate fortune read mm-hmm. for, I think, 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one of those machines, and it's a pirate in there, and it comes out, and it says, I, matey, and it's all in pirate talk, and you get your little fortune. I always thought that was really fun. Um, if you look above, like, uh, at the Dream Suite, so above Pirates of the Caribbean, if you look up there, you will find um, Roy and Walt's initials in the railing. And it used to all be painted uh, in kind of like a greenish color, and so it was really hard to see. Since then, they've painted their actual initials in gold, so it's a lot more obvious Mm -hmm. now. It's not so much of like a hidden thing, but that's kind of cool. We've talked about this before, but if you're standing where like the Petrified Rock is and you look towards New Orleans Square, you can see sails on the top of the buildings. Mm -hmm. Very odd thing that it's just really cool. Once you see it, you can never unsee it, mm-hmm. but it's so strange and weird, Yeah. but definitely try and look out for that. Well, it makes, oh, it, New Orleans is a huge port. Yeah, yeah so but it's why, so yeah. hard to see that it, yeah. I mean, it makes sense sort of like when you explain it, but the execution is kind of right. like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very strange. Um, the original 2000 uh, Leagues Under the Sea organ is in the Haunted Mansion, although they did do a different pipe arrangement in that. Like, So the pipes are all rearranged, I think, to mm-hmm. kind of make it look a little creepier. Yeah. Um, but that is the original um, organ from 2000 Leagues Under the Sea. 20,000 um, Leagues. Twi- oh, yeah, you're That's right. uh, our friend Blobber's favorite favoritest movie ever. Wow. Yes, or favorite I've Disney movie. I've never seen it. Yeah, that's his favorite movie. Okay. Weird. Because they have a whole thing in, um, in Disneyland Paris. Like, oh. with the Nautil- like the Nautilus and stuff, which is the ship from the from Twenty Thousand Leagues. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, always look for white flowers on the trees by Haunted Mansion because they're not supposed to be there. Uh, they're 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 supposed to cut off all the flowers because it's supposed to be like dead dead things. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, it's nothing's supposed to look happy and fun. So I always flowers like to kind represent of, life. Yeah. 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 So I always kind of like to look to see if there's any white flowers there. Um, if you're into buying jewelry, they just opened Pandora Jewelry in New Orleans Square, so you can buy some expensive jewelry or perfume. Nice. It's kind of a, a unique shopping area for the park, I think. Um, and also one of my favorite parts about New Orleans Square is that it is almost 100% shaded. Nice. Yeah. So it is a great spot to just sit down for a few minutes and let your feet rest and cool off for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about is something that I – shocked me i thought it was so fascinating but um in new orleans square there is a flag on um on top of the like raised on top of the uh, dream suite and that flag has 30 stars american flag or the the american an american flag with 30 stars okay what's unique about this is that the uh the 30 star flag was um uh, sorry, I'm trying to find my notes. Uh, the 30 star flag was from uh, like 1848, or like uh, not the time period that New Orleans Square is, okay. nor is it the time period that Pirates of the Caribbean supposedly is. So sure. why is it there? Yeah, it's random. It's super random. It's kind of strange, but um, this one person's, I guess, uh, thoughts on the matter is that. Uh, it's basically New Orleans Square is frozen in the 1850s. So even though it is a, a land that's beyond that, it's mm-hmm. kind of frozen in that bubble, and it and it's it's kind of this state of optimism and creativity, like and the height of the plantation area, kind of a thing. Yeah, era, exactly. Rather. And so 
Hmm. No one can really see this flag. It's really tough to see, and it's yeah. really even harder to see that it's 30 stars, not 50, because those two flags look very, very similar. Yeah, but, well, also, it doesn't get that windy where the flag right. is, is fully out. You know. Right, so really, that's one of those things that literally is only there for Imagineers to know, okay. and for Disney freaks like us to be like, hey, you know something about that flag? So I thought that was really unique, and I thought that our listeners would like to know that. Awesome. So that is the uh, that's the history, history of... Of New Orleans Square? Yep. Awesome. Thanks, Taryn. You're Thank you. welcome. You did great. Thanks. Now, stay tuned for today's Toontown Top Headlines. <laughs> I played the wrong clip. Anyway, it's Disney News, everybody. March in the past. Oh, this is what I meant to play. There you go. With all the news that's fit to cover, it's the Ears Up Disney News. Dun. Well, I don't have the music, so anyway. <laughs> uh, but we have uh, some pretty good Disney news. I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. So as Dan was mentioning from Mouse Brew when we had him on earlier, uh, there's a bunch of, of uh, products and stuff for the 60th anniversary of Disneyland, uh, including one that cost $37,000. I want it. What is it? You don't even know. Thirty seven thousand. I I want it. Uh, Roxanne Grzdech and her husband Dave have accepted a title bestowed upon them by their son, Disney Freaks. Apparently, they have sailed on all four Disney cruise ships. They spent their honeymoon at Walt Disney World. Weird. Uh, which is what Taryn and I are going to do. And last month, they traveled to Anaheim to drop $5,000 on souvenirs of Disneyland's 60th anniversary celebration, including wow. including a $175 illuminated Mickey Mouse figurine. I'm sorry, I'm judging these people. You should. Uh, it all goes back to childhood, Roxanne says. Uh, she's 62 and a travel agent, uh, sitting in front of the television watching the Mickey Mouse Club, um, which, I, you know, I guess I can understand that you grow up without TV. Like, you to grow up in that era that there was no TV and suddenly yeah. there was TV, uh, that's just amazing, man. That's a window to the world. That's just insane. So that $37,000 price tag is a... Uh, a Sleeping Beauty castle made by Aribas Brothers or whatever, and it's all jeweled out, and you can kind of see it here. But what do you uh, do with that? You put it on the mantle and then and then and then cry over you your could credit have had a card car? bill. Yeah, yes, that's a car. <laughs> that's, that's a nice car. That's going to be the cheaper Tesla in two years. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Walt Disney can thank fa- uh, thank these fans for generating an estimated one billion dollars or more in annual merchandise sales at the company's theme parks. Disney pockets an additional $40 billion plus from licensed merch peddled each year in retail outlets. Uh, they say about uh, 10% of Disney's theme park revenue comes from merchandise sales, which is twice the rate of other theme parks, partly because the company can create a bounty of products out of its titles from Lucasfilm, Marvel, The Muppets, Pixar, and more. Wow. Uh, Disney creates so much content that if you wanted to collect just Mickey Mouse, you could fill warehouses, said Martin Lewison, a theme park expert and business management professor at uh, some shindig college. Uh, I thought that was insane, thirty-seven grand. I mean, so that's what kind of what Mouse Brew was saying, like those two hundred dollar ears. Get yeah, out, get out of my face. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Star Wars is being considered for Disneyland, but not the uh, Magic Bands. 
Oh, really? We've kind of talked about it okay. a little bit. That was a okay. rumor. But uh, as Walt Disney Company executives uh, prepare to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Disneyland, they hinted at what new attractions are coming to the Anaheim Park and what won't be making an appearance. Uh, Chief Operating Officer Tom Staggs says Disney is considering plans to introduce characters from the blockbuster Star Wars films into the park in, quote, large and small ways. Yes. Uh, he declined to offer details, weird, but he said he does not plan to remove any favorite features to make room for new Star Wars attractions. Now, that begs the question, what is favorite? Is Autopia a favorite? No, it is not. But, but it, the, the lines great, are yeah. so long for that stupid ride. I think it would be considered a favorite. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Interventions definitely wasn't. Uh, <laughs> since Walt Disney Company purchased Lucasfilm uh, from George Lucas, Disney fans have speculated about how Disneyland would incorporate the films and characters into the parks. Executives for the company have not denied that there are plans to bring more characters and storylines to the parks, although have yet to offer specifics. So we had talked about a year and a half ago or so that Disney has a plot of land not in the park proper, but kind of just off to the side that's right. not used for anything. And a few years ago, we got at least maybe some inside rumor, if not a scoop, where they're going to do a Marvel thing there. Right. But it sounds like they're shifting that. Maybe they're, maybe they're going to do a Star Wars thing there instead. Right. I don't know. So they're not going to tear out anything. It's not going to be like that stupid rumor that we killed a couple years ago about yeah. blowing up Tomorrowland. Uh, they're not right. going to do any of that. So everyone stop panicking. <laughs> uh, but the future of Disneyland will no, apparently not include the Magic Bands, which is that wristband that uses microchip technology to let guests use the bands in place of theme park tickets, hotel room keys, keys and credit cards. Uh, I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. Because I, I just don't think I care. Well, I think Disneyland is not as much of a week-long getaway as Disney World yeah. is, you know, I would, I would yeah. Say, yeah, there's a lot of people that go for a day or two at Disneyland as opposed to. Well, Disney I think World. most of, yeah, well, most of their people who go to the parks are locals right. and they don't stay for that. Like right. I said, that week long right. thing. So, uh, yeah, it's just and I guess, it, I mean, it costs them so much money to roll right. out yeah. and it's still not done being the bugs being worked out. Right. You yeah. know? So uh, there's just no point. Mm -hmm. I think there's just no point. Uh, speaking of no point, Johnny Depp could face 10 years in prison for taking his this? dogs to Australia. No. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is this is a good story. After illegally bringing his two dogs to Australia, Johnny Depp could face up to 10 years behind bars. Yeah. The actor, who is currently filming Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, landed himself in trouble earlier this month when he brought his two Yorkshire Terriers to the country on his private jet. Which, of course, he has a private jet. He's Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. He deserves one. Uh, he failed to declare them at customs and therefore broke the country's quarantine laws. Oh. Yes. Uh, an Australian Senate committee was told that if this goes to court, Depp could receive a sentence of up to 10 years in jail or a max fine of, uh, in Australian, is thir uh, $340,000. And then they give the conversion in English pounds, but... So the pound is uh what 172 grand. So what is that? 200 grand maybe in real money. Oh, so that's nothing. <laughs> so 10 years or like a small chunk of change for Johnny Depp. Or both. I don't know. Both, I mean, it's yeah. not really gonna. I think he's gonna get the Lindsay Lohan treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, the yep. pilot could also face up to two years behind bars for his role in the situation. I bet you the pilot goes to jail and Depp <laughs> just goes yep. just walks free. Oh, that would be so sad. Yeah. Uh, this is a great quote. Officials have referred to the case as quote very serious. 
<laughs> Great. Yeah. The story originated when pictures of Depp taking his dogs to the local groomer surfaced on social media, and authorities warned that the dogs would be put down unless wow. they were flown out of the country within the next two days. Wow. Depp's wife, Amber, uh, has since returned to California with the dogs named Pistol and Boo. What a dumb name for a dog. Recent reports suggest that Depp has left the set of the fifth Pirates movie to be with them. <laughs> oh, wow. But his publicist has since denied it. I would deny it, too. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd fire my publicist if that came out that I flew home on my private jet from my movie set to be with my two you dogs. You yeah. 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 Toast. <laughs> wow. That's weird. Yeah, this is a cool article. I, I won't go into a whole lot of it, but it's uh, it's from the L.A. Times. It's called How Robert Iger's Fearless Deal Making Transformed Disney. Uh, Google this. Check it out. It's pretty rad. Uh, just from this first op- opening bit. On his second day on the job as chief executive, Robert Iger steeled himself for a crucial presentation to the Walt Disney Company Board of Directors. Disney was still smarting from a hostile takeover attempt, a shareholder revolt, and executive suite intrigue spawned in the sunset of Michael Eisner's regime. Uh, but there was a more urgent problem. The once proud animation unit was in a rut. He says, if I didn't turn Disney animation around quickly, there was a drumbeat that was going to get louder and louder in terms of whether I was worthy of the job and how long I would last. And all of those things, Iger recalled. At the October 2nd, 2005 board meeting, Iger floated an idea that would become a hallmark of his tenure. What if the company bought Pixar Animation Studios? Oh, nice. Can you imagine on the second <laughs> oh, day of your wow. job having the cojones yes. to do that? Yeah. What if we just bought this super successful – well, I don't know if they were super successful, but uh, this really successful company. So this this article has wow. a great like graph from September 30th, 2015. So what, a few days right before his proposal? Mm-hmm. Uh, guess how much Disney stock was. Uh, right now it's at uh, about 110 bucks. Forty-three. How much? Forty-three. Twenty-four dollars. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so in ten years, oh, this man wow. has what quadrupled? Wow! And like I said before, yeah, he deserves to get paid what he gets paid. Yeah, what he did. that's he made that money so. I mean, that company so much money. It's great. Yeah, it's great. That's amazing. Uh, this is a silly. This is silly. This new. This next article. Disney World's confidentiality warning riles actors union. Uh, apparently, uh, it's a long, boring article, but apparently the people who portray uh, the, the the characters like Mickey and Minnie and right. Goofy and whatever, yeah. um, they can't tell people in public outside of the parks who they play. Yeah. So, like, We've we interviewed Steve, yeah. right? Right. And he's like, you know, I've played him, but I can't tell yeah. you, you know. Who. And so now the actors union is like, well, that's not. That's not cool because they oh, okay. can't go on social media. It's all about social media. And so their union rep is like, but oh. people already know this. It's already on their social media. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so be careful what you put on social media, kids. Uh, yeah, so that's a that's a hullabaloo going on. Huh. Weird. Um, when was the last time you saw Fantasia, Terrence? Uh, three days ago. Are you serious? The boys love it, yeah. Really? Uh, really? Yeah. I've never finished that movie. I, I, I didn't say I like it. <laughs> Uh, in the 1948, uh, excuse me, the 1940 animated movie Fantasia, uh, we largely remember it for that one scene where Mickey Mouse cleans a castle by using his wizard powers to force anthropomorphic brooms to do the work for him. <clears throat> excuse me, but there's one scene near the end 
known as Night on Bald Mountain, named after the symphony by Russian composer Modest Mouse. No, Modest Mazgorsky. <laughs> um, anyway, they're turning that section of the movie into a live-action movie. Oh, my Turning old animated hey, uh, classics into live-action movies has become a pattern for Disney. Back in March, we heard the studio was adapting uh, Mulan into live-action, a live-action version. Did anybody even see Mulan, no. the right, first one? No. A live-action Beauty and the Beast is also in the works. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The film is still early in the development, so they don't know how it's going to turn out. I hope that out, one gets canned. That is the worst idea I've heard in a while. Uh, Taryn, do you remember on last show that we talked about uh, uh, Disney staff, Walt Disney World staff, having to train their replacements before they got fired, and the staff were uh, uh, immigrants, foreign, foreign-born immigrants that just had temporary work visas or whatever? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, senator Bill Nelson, uh, I'm assuming he's a senator in Florida, is calling for an investigation into that matter about how some United States work visas are awarded to immigrants after a New York Times story exposed Walt Disney World employees being laid off to make rooms for immigrants on temporary visas meant for high-skilled technical workers. Some of the 250 Disney workers laid off in October were required to train their replacements to do the jobs they had lost. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> and so he's just like, he goes, I want to know if there are abuses going on in the system. This program was created to help fill jobs where there were labor shortages, not to take jobs away from anyone. And it's the H-1B visa program was created in 1990 to allow a limited number of high-tech workers to enter the U.S. to fill jobs where there was said to be a shortage of U.S. workers. Um, yeah, a terrible, right? Can you imagine? I mean, I've, I've heard stories about people having to train their replacements, but, oh, That's God. horrible. Well, it might also be, like, the way the H-1B is set up, too, because, like, we have a lot of H-1B people at, at my work, and they are they have to be considered interns, even though they get paid the same amount as, like, a full-time engineer, they, they have, they are considered interns. Okay. So I don't know if that yeah. has to do with it. It's like, well, maybe that's, like, the training them, but really, like, that's because that's what it has to be called. Yeah, m- maybe. I mean, but just the fact of, of their, then these people lost their jobs. So oh, it's not like, yeah. it's not like they just, right. they were just part of training the new crew. Oh, it's yeah. like, hey, this, and it was part of their severance. Like if Terrence was replacing you, I would go, "Hey, Taryn, you have to replace Terrence, and then, or you have to train Terrence up, and then once the training is over, you're fired." Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's part of your that's severance. So in actuality, you've already been fired, and then you have to come in and train your replacement, who is, uh, you know, a, a foreign-born immigrant who is on his temporary work visa. So after their work visa is up, they have to go back home. Right. It's yeah. just very weird. It is strange. Yeah, that's not cool. Uh, and last but not least, this is the this is the scary story. So if you've hung on through this hour and forty minute show, this is this is the one that should bother you. The L.A. Times has uh, reports that Disney has been giving quote demand pricing some very real consideration, especially when it comes to peak visitor times like weekends and holidays. After sending out an online survey to annual pass holders, which I did not get, I Disney did. dipped its proverbial toes into the water to gauge customer reactions to the surge pricing model. You got this survey? I think I did. For surge pricing? I don't – I mean, I don't think that they called it that. No, no, probably not. Uh, the model the survey asked about would involve a three-tier pricing structure in which certain passes would only be available on certain days. For example, the lowest-tier annual pass would only be valid on an off-peak weekend – whereas the top-tier pass would be good any day of the year, regardless of the crowds. 
According to some of the reactions that L.A. Times is able to dig up on certain message boards around the web, it seems that people weren't too stoked about the idea. I could, uh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> right? Uh, but it may be the perfect solution for Disney, which owns some of the most famous and crowded theme parks in the world, by adapting its pricing strategy and building an incentive for visitors to space out their planned visits with higher prices, the company could effectively bolster ticket revenue and thin out the crowds. Park capacity is estimated to be about 82,000 people. As of right now, uh, Disney charges 100 bucks for a day, not including uh, California Adventure. Um, blah, 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 blah. Disney uh, attracted more than 132 million guests in 2013. Yeah. I mean, so I'm a little confused. Maybe you can clarify this a little bit. I will do my best. Because I've seen these articles, and, and you're right. I did not get that survey. I got a different one. But yeah. I don't understand what they mean. Like, I, I actually just don't understand the whole thing. So, for instance, on an off-peak day, mm-hmm. um, when the, crowd, the park... So, like, Monday crowd, in November. Right. You pay 99 bucks. Okay. Okay. But then, like what Angie was talking about in June, mm-hmm. which would be definitely a, the peak, a peak season, you yeah. pay 119 Okay. And that and that's just... That's non-pass holders, right? Right. Well, yeah. No, it, yeah. It'd be non, but it'd be non-pass holders... For one park, so they raise the price twenty bucks to go to Disneyland for or something one day. like yeah, whatever but, it is. Uh, and during peak season, in hopes that less people would go, mm-hmm. and then then the crowd. Yeah. But when you're at, when you're when you're um, raising the price, what twenty percent or so, mm-hmm. um, then you're still even if you know ten percent less people go, you're still making the same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. I I, can, I don't really mind it, yeah. but that's because I don't go in peak times. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I wonder what a peak time is now for Disneyland. I mean, we know it's the the Christmas yeah. in the summer, but it's it's always full all the it time. Is. So, but I I would think you'd have to raise the prices a lot more to deter anybody. Yeah, twenty bucks isn't that much. I mean, really, realistically, oh, when you're well, I guess spread out against four people or whatever, five, well, yeah, five, yeah. Uh, four, three, because we don't have to pay for uh, our two youngest yet. But that I I would still be a little put off by that but you would still do it and that's the problem yeah. so that's what i mean it's so 20 not, bucks so 20 yeah. bucks isn't gonna be that much so right. maybe 40 bucks then you're starting to talk in some change man yeah, yeah. i mean for taryn and i maybe we'd go i don't know uh they're just gonna sell more annual passes i don't know man. i don't think it's yeah i think it won't really make a difference either it does yeah. yeah. it, it can't really right will. they can't they're just gonna make money hand over fist and the parks are still gonna be super crowded it's all right i, I got my stock on <laughs> That's true. You do. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. Really. Seven shares. <laughs> nice. I sold my XM shares. I had like a hundred thousand. I don't know how many I had, but I and then I was only able to buy at like ninety-one bucks. So that's a hundred ten now. Oh, there goodness. you go. That's right. uh, you not know, bad, Petros. A hundred, but not that much. Yes. <laughs> made well. It's not bad. You made a little bit of money. I did all right. All right. Let's do the fact of the show and scram right. Yeah. All right. It's a long show. Sorry, everybody. Thanks for sticking in. Uh, the Main Street Opera House was the first building of Disneyland to be completed. Uh, it was mainly used as an on-site mill with which to get all of the woodwork done in time for opening day. So all oh. the construction <laughs> workers and all the woodworkers, like, we need a site. We need a thing to do. So they built the opera house, and then that became the, the lo- essentially the mill for the oh, lumberyard for, uh, for the rest of the park. That's cool. Kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, this has been Ears Up. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, Stick with us next time. I think we're going to do History of Liberty Street coming up on our next show. 
And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have the video cameras back in time for that. Uh, anyway, until next time, everyone, see you in the parks. <laughs>